a calm, beautiful podcast. We speak about the light, hold back truths to spare your feelings. We never rock the boat. No unfiltered opinions here. Ah, no. You're listening to Unfiltered. Unfiltered. If it's politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, and everything in between, we shoot you straight through the eyes with the truth. Streaming to six continents from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and West Hollywood, California. Sponsored by the Stutzman Group. We're real. We're raw. We are unfiltered. This is Bobby and Luke. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is January 12th, and Luke, sweet home Alabama, kicked some ass last night. Roll, tide, roll. Once again, uh, just showing themselves to be in a class, head and shoulders above the rest of the country, really. What what Nick Saban has done down there, I think has has got to, it's got to be said that this has cemented him. He was already there, obviously, in my opinion, but I I think most would say he was already there. But I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say that not just the best college coach of all time, but the best football coach of all time, what he has accomplished in his time at Alabama is just uh, is breathtaking. And I uh, <laughs> could not have enjoyed yesterday's performance more, uh, you know, and the stars were stars, you know, right, when, right. When, when you have, you know, the talent on that team and the talent that's driven to succeed because they came back, you know, right. they, they came right. back. So many of these guys came back for their senior year, you know, because they were on that team, uh, two years ago when they got beat in the championship by uh, Clemson, they were on that team that lost in a nail-biter to LSU last year. Yep. And uh, they they came back because they wanted they wanted to win, but they also wanted to win it as a team. They, they just have such chemistry. And that's the thing that I think, you know, the, the secret sauce that is Nick Saban is getting – you know, these young superstar athletes that know that they could pretty much go anywhere else and get instant gratification, but mm-hmm. to stay and to work through the process and, and, and understand that the process and the experience that you have as a team is the important part. The winning comes, you know, the winning comes, but when you work hard together, you do what you're supposed to do, especially in a year like this year with COVID, you're disciplined. You know, you don't go to those parties. You don't go on those dates. You you know, you stay put. You basically, they were talking about uh, during the pro- uh, the broadcast yesterday that a lot of these guys, you know, their life since the, the football season started was either being, you know, with their roommate in a room 
um, with food and meal, you know, everything being brought to them or they were at the practice facility full stop. Right. That's it. That's it. Right. That's it. They did not see family. They did not see friends. If you were outside of the football bubble per se, you know, they just didn't, they, they were disciplined and they got the job done and it just, uh, I mean, we can, we can get into it in a bit, but you know, right. records were set. And, uh, I think a lot of young men, uh, yesterday, played themselves into what will be a very happy draft day. Absolutely, and I want to get into um, the interview that Saban did with Scott Van Pelt, and we'll get into mm -hmm. that a little bit um, here. You know, in addition to the college football, uh, we're going to discuss Parlor, mm -hmm. and um, I was telling you before we started recording that as of about three hours ago, Mountain Time, Parler's Wikipedia page was updated. And mm -hmm. the first paragraph grabbed my attention because I have looked at that page before. I have read mm -hmm. what they're about. And honesty has been, you know, integrated into the description of what Parler is. And <laughs> so I'd be interested to figure, find out who actually updated the page because it certainly wasn't Parler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh, some some breathtakingly accurate information. And then we've got uh, the ongoing threat, you know, of of additional protests at the Capitol. Oh, yeah. yeah, at the Capitol, and uh, from from coast to coast. FBI is getting chatter uh, all across the country about planned protests uh, at state houses, uh, you know, especially those in the states that uh, the Trump Trumpers feel were stolen from him. So absolutely. And then on yeah. the other side, we're going to get into the PGA. We're going to get into uh, Nancy Pelosi's plan. And we've got a other, if we've got time, we've got some other topics that we're going to discuss quickly. Uh, I want to give a, a, you know, a big shout out to TK Goldsmith over the Hell weekend. Yeah. Luke and I did a podcast uh, with the gold standard TK Goldsmith for his podcast called I Need a Mulligan. And it was, it was a great episode. Um, Good times. Absolutely. Sports and stuff got you know some real content, so I encourage mm -hmm. everybody to check that out. Um, yep. Again, I need a mulligan on Apple and various platforms, and then we'll get into everything on the other side. Let's do it. Roll Tide. So now, Luke, following Alabama's sweet championship, Scott yes. Van Pelt did an interview, a one-on-one -on -one with Scott's, uh, with Nick Saban. Yes, and he did. And he always asks, you know, 
awesome questions, gets to the heart of what everybody wants to know. And I felt one of the awesome questions was what did Nick learn about this season, about his players? And uh, you talked about the chemistry and that yep. chemistry obviously got them to where they're at today through thick and thin through, I mean, a global pandemic. And one of yep. the things that Nick said is they have listened to mm -hmm. the feedback from the players mm -hmm. uh, that may in, in the near future, even this next season, dictate um, how they do spring training. And, you know, the players were blunt and honest and said they don't need, you know, you know, the two days doesn't mm -hmm. build the chemistry. And there were other mm -hmm. aspects of of um, Nick's, you know, common practice when it came to his program that he said he's going to look at, you know, completely changing because of this team. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that is so special about Nick Saban is, is exactly that. Uh, his, his care for his players. And I know a lot of coaches talk about how much they love their players and they care about their players. And yes, and I understand that, but there's just something about the way that Nick Saban approaches his position in these young men's lives and he listens to them he cares about their opinions uh you know and he i mean for god's sakes the man <laughs> he's he's at a pl place in his career where if he didn't want to listen to feedback from anybody people would probably be like all right you've earned that uh but he is constantly learning he is constantly right. evolving he is constantly you know moving forward the bama team that one back in 2009 looked completely different than this team. Hell, right. the Bama team that won in 2015 looked completely different. He is he evolves not just as the game evolved, and God knows the, the college football game has changed greatly over the past 10 years, but he also evolves to his players into right. what, you know, he just knows how to put aces in their places and make it work for the talent that he has. Right. And, you know, one of the other questions that was asked is that, you know, after all this winning, you know, you, you now have more championships than any other coach in, in college football history. You know, he, pa he passed, he was tied with Bear. He passed Bear Bryant last night. Yep. And he and they and they say, how do you stay motivated? How do you keep going? And he's like, it's about the the players. You know, every year I've got a new group of players, a, a new group um, uh, of of kids coming in, and they deserve, you know, my best, just like every other player that came before them deserves my best. Right. So you know, that's how I stay motivated. Is I've got I've got a new group. I got a new group. I got a new team. I got to keep going. You know, because they they deserve my best. If I I can't expect them to give me their best if I'm not doing the same in return. And I just think that that is really a, a you know wow. Talk talk about a testament to just truly being dedicated to not just a sport, um, but to to the people. You know, right. to 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 the young men that come in and are so, you know, so, you know, they're, they're they're so impressionable when they come in, and uh, you know that that's why you know Alabama, it, you know, it's NFL you, you know, right. it's, you know people people ask why do kids come, especially in this day and age of instant gratification, 
When you're a five-star recruit and you know pretty much anywhere you go in the country, you're probably going to be starting. But you know if you come to Alabama, you're going to have to compete every week for your position, and you may not start. You may not start your first or second year, you know, but you keep, they keep coming. And why do they keep coming? And the gentleman kept saying it last night. They keep coming because of Nick Saban and because of the, the connection they feel to their teammates. And what is the result of that connection? What is the result of following the process? Yep. Winning, of course, and then uh, the, the NFL contracts that come after that. Right, right. You know, and I think that's why coaches that have been head coaches mm -hmm. that have been let go from various programs, when they're lucky enough to get hand selected from Nick to join his program yeah. and learned what it is to win, how to win, you know, from the ground up, I think that's yeah. why, you know, since he's gone to Alabama, why so many assistants have now been successful in their own right with their new with their new programs but uh you know since then there really hasn't been an assistant coach that has beaten it so he still has that record as well that's right there is not one of his nobody from his coaching tree has yet to defeat him right uh <laughs> and that is you know a testament to just you know the the talent that nick draws to him yes the coaching talent that nick draws to him and then of course the player talent that nick brings to him and we've all seen the the commercials now with nick sitting there with his uh all of his championship rings on and whatnot yep. <laughs> and yep. Yep. i would think if i'm a 17 18 year old five star from wherever and i got nick saban well not sitting there now but you know on my you know zoom call or whatnot and he's talking about what you're going to get if you come to alabama and give it your all yeah i you know i think that's a pretty easy decision you know if if i if i know that i've got aspirations to keep playing football uh past college and even if i don't have aspirations past college you know i just want to be a part of something special you know that if you come to alabama and you stick around for all four or five years at least a couple of those years, if not more, are going to be really, really freaking special. So right. it's, uh, I mean, just time tested. And can I just quickly, uh, I, I got to give my tip of the hat to my man, Devonte Smith. I mean, first <laughs> of all, the absolute flex move, I believe is what they called it. Wearing the mask with the Heisman on it. Yes. Fuck yeah, man. That was baller. Absolutely. Uh, major swag walking into that arena man <laughs> seriously seriously and then in one half in one half of play he blew the doors off of several college football playoff championship game records receptions tds yards and a half you know and these numbers are only not higher because gosh darn it <laughs> beginning of the second half he, he he looked pretty gnarly that finger looked like it got bent back pretty far so yes. Yes. suffered a pretty significant finger injury and uh unfortunately was out for the rest of the game so who knows what uh he would have done had he been in for a full two halves but my god yep. one half of one half alone he just is he's just head and shoulders above uh above everyone 
and I cannot imagine him going outside of the of the top three, maybe the top five uh, come come draft day. Right, right. Hey, another interview that Scott Van Pelt did was with Chris Fowler post game. Yep. And one of the questions and his answers I thought was very interesting. Uh, when when Scott asked him about Nick Saban not wanting to implement, you know, back in 2012, Chris said that he did, you know, did an interview with Nick and that Nick was on the fence at potential retirement at that time mm-hmm. because he was not 100 percent with the spread. And, right. you know, he had some, you know, he, he thought about it. And finally came to to the realization that even if we don't want to implement it on the offensive side, we we need to learn how to defend it right on the defense. Right. And you know, at right. the end of the day, you know, he 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 decided that he needed to embrace it. And and now they're just shoving down the offense that that Nick questioned down everybody's throats, setting records left and right at at various positions not just the quarterback and it's just a testament to nick saying hey you know if we're going to do this we're going to go all in we're going to you know they brought a lot of you know people to the table consultants Mm -hmm. and all this shit Mm -hmm. they started Mm -hmm. recruiting differently and here we go today i mean nick's got now got seven championships yeah absolutely and the uh the the three-headed monster which was you know Mac, Najee, and Devonte, and right. you know you you get an explosive passing game because you have the always present threat of the run right. game, and right. the run game is Nick Nick's uh, bread and butter. You know, I'm thinking back with uh, you know the uh, you know Mark Ingram's of the world and whatnot, and and uh, you know that that was Alabama football, hard nose in the trenches, run the ball, run the ball. That's what we right. always said. You know, if they started if they started passing it around too much, fans would get pissed off and be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Run the ball!" Right. You know. Right. But now it's it is run the ball, run the ball. Oh look, there's uh you know this receiver, that receiver, just slashing through and boom, done. You know, right. touchdown or, or chunk play, and that is because. Um, you know, that, that, that is because Nick, exactly. He went full in and, yep. um, also, it, you know, they, they were talking about it last night as well, that, you know, Alabama practices good versus good, right? You know, that, that, that every single week they face probably their toughest competition in practice. Right. So, you know, it, 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 it makes sense that you know their their offense and defense would both you know their defense would be good at stopping this kind of offense and their offense would be good at deciphering the defenses built to uh uh you know defend this kind of defense so or this kind of offense so it, right. it is yeah it, it's really it's really something and you know, it you, is, know I, you know in my mind after i heard that i i kind of thought about microsoft you know as a tech company mm-hmm. um yeah. You know, Steve Ballmer was running Microsoft for a number of years. And then when it came to the, you know, to, hey, it's time to migrate to the cloud. All the board members were pushing him in that direction. He he fought it for as long as he could. And he decided, you know, Nick, you know, he had that, you know, that time in his career where he said, you know what? I'm not, 
in on this cloud. I don't think it's gonna, you know, be everything that everybody mm -hmm. thinks it's going to be. And he decided to step aside. And then Microsoft got a new CEO who was all about the cloud. And instead of at the time Microsoft, you know, having no market share, they're now like a global number two behind AWS. Right. Uh, they're, you know, they're, you know, several percents even ahead of Google when it comes to commercial yeah. cloud. You know, so, you know, Steve Ballmer saying, well, everybody's going to continue downloading software to a device. We mm -hmm. all know um, that's that's not, you know, everything's app based and cloud based and even the clouds on your phone, Luke, are, 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 are cloud based. Yeah. So, you know, he decided, you know, I'm not the guy for the job. And they brought Satya in and Microsoft's just killing it, obviously. But, mm -hmm. you know, instead of Nick stepping aside and saying, hey, somebody else can do this. He accepted that challenge, which I, Correct. you know, another a testament to Nick Saban. Yeah. Yeah. He, he again, I just cannot emphasize enough that the reason why he stays on top is that he never stops learning. He never stops evolving. The man just lives, eats, breathes football and you know dissecting every every play every movement you know every motion yeah just being such a tactician when it comes to the details and as you guys you know as you saw throughout this this championship run is the team is so disciplined they very rarely make mistakes they don't get penalized a lot you know, it, right. it is, it's, they are just so well coached. It is, it is breathtaking. And, you know, Brian, Brian Day, uh, you know, said as much in the post game news conference, uh, you know, that these, the, the, the talent is incredible, but the coaching is obvious. And, right. you know, the, those two things together, you, you just, it, it makes you ne next to unbeatable. It's well, and really hats off to Sark, too. I mean, there were several offensive plays last night that they have never mm -hmm. ran in a game before that was oh, just this game. Nasty. They yeah. Awesome. They were <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. You, it just wasn't fair. Some of the plays, especially I'm thinking of that, uh, you know, Devontae motions one way and then takes off the other way. And then he's Your just full sprint. Yeah. Yeah. Full sprint. And there's just no, no one close. It's just like, it's just nasty. It's just not fair. <laughs> you know, in the, in the defense, they confuse the defense to the point you've got a big old linebacker trying to run down Devontae. Like, no, no, right. you know, it is. Yeah. But Sark, Sark, uh, you know, Sarkeesian did a fantastic job as coordinator and he, like so many ha have come before him, uh, like we talked about with TK was, was, you know, rewarded greatly and will be the new head football coach down at Texas. So, yeah. Yes. You know, and, and, and Texas, you know, if you don't know this in college football, they generate some of the highest revenues out of any yep. football program, regardless of how they're playing on the field. Yep. And but that should give, you know, some excitement to the coaches that are coming in. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he is mm -hmm. recruiting from Alabama. It was announced a few days ago. He's kind of plucking some folks. Sure, but of course. <laughs> And that athletic director who many are saying has taken a huge gamble, um, but at least on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, I think it's going to be worth, you know, every penny. 
And he's going to yep. bring in, you know, obviously defensive mind coach and kind of yep. has an unlimited uh, kitty to pay these coaches. So they should be putting exactly. together a stout team. Yeah. And can I also give my my tip of the hat to, to Sark? You know, a lot of times when assistants get an opportunity to take on that head coaching role, they want to hit the ground running and they want to go right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick uh, <laughs> famously parted ways with, uh, with Lane Kiffin uh, mid-championship run. <laughs> And did not bring him to that year's championship game because he felt like his mind was too far gone already. Uh, That was not the case with Sarkeesian. Clearly, uh, like you said, tip of the hat with the new new just nasty plays that they came up with uh, to really dissect that Ohio State, uh, you know, and that Ohio state defense. And again, I just think it's a testament to how dedicated to this group of players that these coaches, you know, from top to bottom truly were right. They just, you know, they just appreciated and loved these kids so damn much that they wanted to put them in the best possible position to win. And Sark did that for his offense hands down to the point that Mac Jones Mac Jones, my God, Mr. Just uh, average game manager, manager. Uh, no, no. Thanks to, to Sark, who's also a fantastic quarterback coach. You know, he had better numbers uh, than Joe Burrow, Mr. Uh, Heisman winner and number one draft pick last year. Uh, hope he comes back from his injury. Well, we're fight, hoping for you, Joe. Um, but Mac Jones just lights out last night. 36 for 45, 400. Uh, 64 yards, five touchdowns passing. Mm. Uh, even even ran a couple times. Poor kid got his leg banged up because yeah, never- that's my <laughs> knock on on him. He needs to learn how to slide. Yeah, he you never know? runs. He never. That is literally watching him play all year long. That is the. I think the only time I've ever seen him take off down the middle of the field like that. I've seen him scamper out of bounds and whatnot, but I've never seen him just full head of steam. <laughs> run down the middle of the field and uh yeah he's gonna have to work on his slide if he wants to go anywhere further absolutely right right you know huge colts fan i am obviously huge peyton manning he's number one on my list and always will be yeah but the guy couldn't slide for shit and i'm like right. has he been watching peyton slide what's going on here he's a big Clemson game and like tweaked his ankle or some shit so mm-hmm. interesting he's a he's a big uh he's a big tebow fan he grew up watching right. tebow so no man he should know what to do out there i just think he's just not ever had to do it because right. their offensive line who i, I mean this team Badass. this those are some this, men on that front line oh my gosh and they and they won the award for best offensive line this year i mean just the hardware this team picked up along the way in the postseason but uh yeah i mean between between the run game the pass game and that offensive line mac has not had to be a very mobile quarterback this year right. and uh yeah, I'm glad that didn't go worse for him last night. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, that was one of the... the first quarter, you know, because he was yeah, he was, he was oh he, you know, was, he, was, he was he was he was hobbling around. You know, yeah, pretty he was limp. He was limping around absolutely. Yeah. But you know, and that's another thing that's just a testament to uh, to this team. You know, yeah. So Mac, you know, got banged up, and, and th- no way he was coming out of the game. But I want to also just a big shout out to Jalen Waddle who who did not have to 
play in that game last night. He, you know, even, you know, with a fully rehabbed ankle and a good showing at the, at the combine, he's going to go in the first round, you know, mm. but for him to come play in that game last night, you know, cause he just wanted to contribute. He just wanted to be a part of it. And uh, I think that opened a lot of scouts eyes that, wow, look at the heart that this kid has, right. you know, he, he, is clearly not a hundred percent yet, but he just wants to get out there and contribute. And it's just a testament again to that chemistry, that team. Uh, and then of course, big boy, Landon Dickerson, who blew out his flipping knee, you know, campaigned to get in on that last couple of snaps and did so. And I am <laughs> awesome to see everybody embrace him. That is oh, yeah. the chemistry Nick was talking about. Yeah, right there was yeah. I mean, it just it was really it was it was it was fantastic. It was if you are, you know, and I obviously if you're an Alabama fan, you're happy this morning, but I think if you're just a fan of football in general and a fan of really excellently coached sports, really excellently coached athletics and especially at the college level where these young men are so impressionable, uh you just have to feel good about um you know, you have to feel good about what you witnessed last night because that was about as complete a team and about as complete a performance as you could ever hope to see on the gridiron. And a four touchdown ass whooping. Yeah. So I, uh, I do believe uh, in the pick. I, I did take the points. So yeah. thank you very much. Good job. Good job. <laughs> now on the tech side, on the tech side, yeah, parlor. Yeah. Parler, yeah. P A R L E R, not O R A R or U R, P A R L E R. Before we started recording, Luke, I noticed um, that Parler's Wikipedia page, a couple of sections, was updated this morning, uh, about three hours ago, about three and a half hours ago now. And I just want to read what the first paragraph and then the use users section was also updated. So let me read it. It says Parler is an American alt tech microblogging and social networking service. Parler has a significant user base of Donald Trump supporters, conservatives, conspiracy theorists, which was newly added, and mm -hmm. right wing extremists, which was also added posts on the service often contain far right content and anti-semitism and conspiracy theories such as QAnon, and that all mm -hmm. is new and then on the content section you click the users it it just kind of goes into uh kind of more details of who the users are uh now it includes Right-wing extremists, including the Proud Boys, uh, QAnon conspiracy theory, anti-government extremists, including members of the Oath Keepers, Three Perceptors, and other militia groups and white supremacy groups. Um, and, and that is all new. So obviously, Parler did not update their own Wikipedia page. Uh, so I'm I'm... I'm predicting somebody maybe from Wikipedia post what happened last week. Um, so it's very interesting now to see all these all these platforms um, disable Parler from their app stores and then 
AWS, owned by Amazon, which is uh, Amazon, actually stopped hosting their entire platform as well. What are your thoughts on all this? Yeah. So, I, and I let me let me preface this with uh, we're also talking about the conversation that I was having with a colleague yesterday about um, you know par Parler was bounced out of the Apple and Google app stores and they lost their their host uh, Amazon. Um, so you know a couple of things to your to to your um, what you were discussing there, Bobby, look, there's no doubt, just full stop. There's no doubt, you know, if you look at some of the posts and whatnot that were on parlor, that that site did absolutely serve as a breeding ground for what happened last Wednesday. There's no yes. doubt that they spread uh, all of the things in that paragraph that you just read. Um, I, I won't repeat them, but that it accurate. There, there's just no no right. doubt. Again, you know, from the from episode one, we we promised to keep it to the facts on this show. I think we've largely been successful in doing that. And mm -hmm. all you have to do is look at some of the posts on Parlor, and it's right there in black and white. This these things that uh, have now been added to the Wikipedia page. Uh, they've been added because they are accurate. That that right. is correct. And, and I just people say a few months ago, and basically they made it sound like, "Hey, we're just a Facebook for conservatives." That was basically right. their description. Right. Included none of this other stuff. I mean, you know, now it's very specific. It's dialed in. It'll be interesting to see if if that gets uh, taken down or changed or whatever. Mm -hmm. So. You know, Wikipedia is 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 stating what they truly are. And, you know, just like you said, it was a breeding ground. It was, you know, a place of of high influence on what happened last mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, to, you know, go forward, then, you know, Parler did lose, you know, Amazon Web Service did take it, take it down. It is down right now. They are working on finding a new host. And so my colleague made the uh, statement that this is uh, a problem when it comes to the First Amendment because Parler is a public forum that uh, companies like Apple and Google and Amazon are not allowed to edit them uh, or constrain them in any way, shape, or form uh, because they are protected by the First Amendment. What say you on that, Bobby? I, I love the First Amendment, but when what you're doing is hurting others, when you're boosting hate and anti-Semitism, white supremacy, conspiracy theory, and the results, you know, happened last, you know, last week, last Wednesday at, at the state's capital, you know, and that's, you know, we're, we're not even talking about terms of service. So if these guys would actually read the terms of service, they would know that <laughs> suing Amazon isn't going to get you anywhere because based on the terms of service, they can basically disable or delete an account whenever they see fit and right. you know 
it's you know some will say it's a fine line but you know but not really i mean it's you know this is very easy conversation to have now if they were just you know having a you know conversation giving their feelings or whatever i mean that's one thing but parlor i mean the fbi has pulled accounts and pulled discussions this was very well planned out and it sounds like obviously they haven't released their investigation information but based mm -hmm. on what's leaked so far that parlor was the hub of all this so i yeah, do not correct. feel bad i do not you know i do not think it violates anybody's first amendment rights mm -hmm. and you know if you pursue this you know, you're going to come to justice and you're going to, you know, go to prison, go to jail. And, you know, so I believe Amazon or any other cloud provider, I think it's going to be very hard for them to uh, find a cloud provider, at least in the United States, that will host their platform based on everything that we know to this point. So maybe over in Europe, maybe over in Latin America, they may be able to get somebody but they're going to have to go in with a different entity and you know and all that and it'll just be time luke honestly i believe it'll just be time where whatever platform you know internationally that they choose it'll just be time before they're shut down again yeah maybe they can find a home down in uh, argentina i i hear that uh, a lot of uh yeah. nazis in hiding go down there so yeah so so for what it's worth this asshole, uh john matt's the CEO of, of Parler says that he thinks that this is a, I'll just read the quote because it's okay. asinine on its own uh, out of the New York Times article. Uh, I believe Amazon, Google, and Apple work together to try and ensure that they don't have competition. They will not win. We are the world's last hope for free speech and free information. Mm. We will shut down as we rebuild from scratch. <laughs> yeah. So... The other thing that uh, my colleague uh, said, and I, I want to get lead you into the real techie weeds here, uh, mm -hmm. is that the because of the the lines, the fibers, what what uh, forgive me, you'll you can use the right terms uh, that all, these networks use, mm -hmm. and they all run on them. And because the the government of the United States uh, helped or gave funding to partially cover the costs or whatnot of, of installing these these you know these the physical hardware that gets sure. information from coast to coast because of that because these companies all accepted that help from the government they have to then again circling back they have to abide by the first amendment and allow whoever uh, to use their platform regardless of what they're saying and if they do, editorialize so if they do feel that that is hate speech so we are going to uh, remove it they are now a publisher and therefore are not protected by 230. Uh, he he doesn't know what he's talking about so <laughs> well, that up, the stuff that's being hosted the platforms the applications being hosted and the actual infrastructure itself so the fiber lines and the networks are the ISPs and the network providers. Then there's the data centers. Data centers mm -hmm. are not owned by the ISP. So you got multiple moving parts here. You've got right. internet going into the data centers and it's, you know, circuits from CenturyLink, Comcast, 
you know, Zayo. I mean, you know, there's a bunch of people going into these data centers. So the contract between the data center and the ISPs is one thing. And then there's another contract between, say, iOS or Apple with said data center. And, you know, but it's not like just because, um, say, you know, just because Apple is hosted with AWS or mm -hmm. they've got some Google stuff that, you know, that they're all interconnected and they're all treated equally and they're all guilty is not a remotely true. So mm -hmm. he needs to go do his research and, <laughs> and you, you know, but really at the end of the day, it's the terms of service. Right. Mm -hmm. The government mm -hmm. doesn't dictate terms of service. So when everybody activates just a simple smartphone, there's terms of service. When you right. download Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, there's terms of service that you're agreeing to. You say yes, and then you log in and away you go. Well, 99% of people don't read the terms of service. And mm -hmm. so the summer when when people, you know, when they when each state was coming out with their own kind of contact and trace application, mm -hmm. there was a lot of copying, pasting from QAnon groups. Hey, I don't give you permission to use my data, to collect my data. You've seen a, a ton of people, just a swath of people that nobody, you know, I don't give anybody permission to collect my data, but you do. You give them mm -hmm. permission, you give it to Apple when you activate that phone. You give it mm -hmm. to Google when you activate that phone. You give it to Facebook when you download their application. You give it to mm -hmm. Twitter and all these other, you know, other applications. So the terms of service here is at the root. And if, if Apple or say AWS, because they're the one that's getting sued, mm -hmm. if they didn't have this in their terms of service about basically having the autonomy or the power to disable accounts, to relocate accounts. Like there's specific people that say, hey, I only want my shit hosted in California. But then as an organization, they decide, hey, we've got too many users in California. We're going to move Luke's application and his hosting, whatever it is, whatever's being hosted to Denver. You know, mm. you don't have a say in that. And there's been people, you know, Apple's been sued or Google's been sued for that. So this is just kind of mm -hmm. down that vein that, they don't truly know what it is that they're talking about. Yeah. 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 And I, I assumed as much that, uh, cause this is the same colleague I've, I've gone way down, uh, rabbit holes with, you know, just some, just ridiculous amounts of, uh, conspiracy theories and whatnot. Uh, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> it's, 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 we were talking that it's, it's breathtaking when people that, you know, you know, because this is a colleague, I, I work with him. He's quite intelligent when it comes to you know our business, and so I, you know, and I also know him as 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 a father. You know, I I used to work with his his daughter, and I just it's breathtaking to see that man, and then hear these these just untruths come right. out of his mouth, and you right. just can't. It's hard to reconcile between the two. It, right. It's really, and, and that goes for, you know, family members, you know, people that you, you know, people that you know well, and it's just, it's, it's, it's disheartening that you right. see these seemingly smart, well-intentioned people just completely off base because of some bullshit they read online. Right. So, right. Yeah. 
And and the one that pisses me off the most, really, you know, during COVID here are the medical professionals that know that you need to get the vaccine, that know this, that have been saying it themselves and then coming back and saying, "Ah, I'm not going to get it, you know, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you know, to say now, I believe now on on plain dead bulls advocate. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Facebooks, right? Understanding the infrastructure, you know, understanding that they don't necessarily, you know, they own a lot of their own data centers, but then they also yep. have rack space and, and other data centers that they do not own. Um, but playing the game of, okay, so say you've got Zayo coming into this data center, you've got a hundred gig circuit. And you're going to pay Zayo for priority, you know, priority on their network for your Facebook users and stuff like that. Now, yeah. there may be some accountability there, but that's, again, where 230 needs to be restructured. But as right. far as First Amendment rights goes, as far as they shouldn't have the ability or the autonomy to shut anybody down, it's in their terms of service. And that's where any judge is going to start. And app uh amazon will simply hand over their terms of service at the time of activation this was already in there you agreed to it they're and they'll throw it out yeah agreed agreed so we have where are we at here not what is it nine days eight days eight days now until inauguration we have legitimate threats basically in all 50 states uh chatter that's being picked up by the fbi about quote-unquote protests that will be happening uh not just in the nation's capital dc but uh at all 50 state houses across the country Mm -hmm. especially those in places like michigan georgia pennsylvania arizona uh, where the 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 results of the vote are still being questioned, uh, a, right. a a PBS NewsHour Maris poll showed that eighty nine percent eighty nine percent of Republicans, people are claiming to be Republicans, still feel that the election results were not accurate. Mm. Um, yeah, so it is scary. It is scary about uh, the potential potential for violence. Uh, and then I'm just, you know, hoping that states are, are getting the security in place. Uh, we see it happening in D.C. already, the fencing that's been uh, erected around the Capitol, as well as the increased presence of security uh, around the uh, Capitol, including state police and uh, National Guards, men and women. So I just hope and pray that we can get through inauguration and Donald Trump can get his ass out of D.C. without any further loss of life because yesterday news came out that a second police officer uh, involved in the uh, involved uh, in, he was one of the police officers at the Capitol last Wednesday and he has now been found dead of an apparent suicide. Uh, Mm. This was 15 year veteran of the Capitol police, Howard Liebengood, was found Saturday, self-inflicted gunshot wound. 
details are are sparse. Uh, we don't know why he took his life. Um, you know, there, there's just no, there's, I don't want to tell you something that's not here. There's just not a lot of details around it right now. The article is pretty mm -hmm. vague, uh, but it has been confirmed that now a second police officer has passed away uh, that participated. So that brings the death toll to six now. Um, two of them, of course, were police officers. And there's additional footage that's come out now of multiple police officers that survived, thankfully, just getting, you know, beaten, kicked, spit on by these these rioters. Uh, yeah, the, the, if there's any if there's any doubt left in your mind that this was just a peaceful protest, please do the research, educate yourself. It's very easy to find, you know, because these fools were FaceTime or uh, yeah, they were Facebook living it, you know, right. they were they were taking videos of themselves doing these despicable things and putting them putting them out there. So take a moment and watch some of the footage, especially the footage of there's one uh, video that's really tough to watch of a group of protesters surrounding a police officer right at the front door it looked like at the top of the steps of the capitol kicking and spitting on him and whatnot as he laid there trying to shield his face there's also that video of the police officer being crushed in in between the door with his face bloodied um it just it's just do the research i i still see people posting online that this was a mostly peaceful protest and most of the people that went to the Capitol just basically walked around and didn't do anything wrong. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's wrong on so many levels. Even if they were just in the building, they weren't supposed to be there. You can't just stroll into a government building, try uh, breaking on to a military base and see right. how that goes for you. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So even if you were just walking around, you know, you weren't supposed to be there, but no, uh, more, more importantly, uh, the idea that this was mostly peaceful is well, dead wrong. And right. I, I'm so sick of seeing that bullshit uh, show up in my social media. I, I've just started uh, blocking people that right. are posting that that kind of misinformation because it does not take too much effort on your part to look and see the evidence that this was anything but peaceful. Right. And then I've seen shit where it shows like the picture of the footage taken made it look like the cops were the ones <clears throat> doing the the beating and the you know with the batons and everything yeah and then and it, you know then it was reported last night that you know internally trump wanted the white house to come out with an official statement uh, claiming it was antifa yeah that, that yep. caused all the you know you, you know it was antifa who would doing the riots and you know, the, all the damage, the breaking in and all that, not his supporters. Right. Exactly. That that uh, was very quickly debunked. Again, does not take a lot of effort on your part to see that that was not true because so many of these people have now been identified. And then all you have to do is go back and look at their social media and you yep. see very clearly that they're not Antifa. 
<laughs> you know, uh, there was one video that was, or one picture that was widely circulated of they, they thought that this gentleman had a hammer and sickle uh, on his hand, but when you zoom in close, you see that it's not a hammer and sickle, but a uh, apparently some uh, insignia from a uh, first shooter video game that apparently mm -hmm. he's a big fan of, big enough fan to have the tattoo of the emblem on his hand. So mm -hmm. that's who we're dealing with here. And our uh, the the shaman of QAnon, if everybody remembers that fellow with the. Uh, the hairy uh, hat and the big horns and everything. You know, I am not, you know, I have no problem with with where people live and whatnot, but apparently this gentleman is a, uh, a failed actor because he has a profile on Backstage. Uh, you know, it does look like he was trying to become an actor at one point, but then got, uh, for whatever reason, uh, was not able to pay his rent, and he now lives with his mom in Glendale, Arizona, and apparently is known uh, by his mom's neighbors as the crazy guy that walks around the neighborhood uh, shouting insane things and wearing that outfit that uh, he was wearing the day of the Capitol insurrection. So that's the, you know, and obviously more importantly, he's a, he's a, avid QAnon follower and has been a fixture apparently at several of Trump's rallies this year. So yeah, I don't think that's Antifa folks. Don't yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah. His picture kind of went viral, right? He was kind of the face. He was the mascot. Yeah. He's the mascot of the insurrection, you know, yep. cause that's, that's where we are as a society is that we have to try and put a warm and fuzzy on it. Uh, and can I also point out that he got charged with some pretty, serious charges and they don't have any evidence that he was broke any windows or caused any destruction he just kind of walked around with his you know his megaphone being fool being foolish and he was charged uh with uh, some pretty serious charges including uh participating in a riot which is right. illegal here in the United States. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. You can protest peacefully all you want, but once that becomes violent, even if you are not violent, you are there, therefore you are guilty. That's how yeah. it works here in the, the United States. So, Bobby, real quick, did you know that um, uh, they, they've identified the true victim of the Capitol riots? Apparently, uh, Melania Trump, is uh. the real uh, victim of the of the riots, because these I mean, these people are so fucking self serving. I swear to God, she uh, she can't just say how sad she is about what happened at the the Capitol. She of course had to make it sure about her. And she said, I find it shameful that surrounding these tragic events, there has been salacious gossip, unwarranted personal attacks, and false misleading accusations of me. Uh, the only problem with that is nobody can find any evidence of any of this bullshit that she's talking about. Right. So right. I, I mean, these people are disgusting. Apparently Trump uh, has been brooding and saying now that he, he, he takes his backsies, uh, the, uh, not the first statement he made where he said, he, we love you, we were there for you. But the second statement where he actually 
you know, was, you know, he looked like a hostage at a podium reading from a teleprompter. He, he takes right. that one back and yes, then doubled down on his QAnon conspiracy theory. So yeah. Yeah. that's who we're working here, folks. The Trumps. Thank you. Can but we now, as a result, right? As a result of the riots of all those involved, Don Jr., Rudy Giuliani, Trump, and, and this whole group, we now have the Democrats in the House that have have provided and put on the floor an article of impeachment direction. And the reports as of early this morning were saying that that Nancy Pelosi has the votes and they're going to yeah. vote as early as tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's lots of back and forth on this right now. First and foremost, my, uh, Nancy Pelosi gave Mike Pence every uh, opportunity to invoke the 25th amendment where yeah. he could have gotten together with the remaining members of the cabinet and uh, tried to remove Trump that way. He declined to do so. Uh, you know, this cannot go unpunished. This cannot go unrecognized that Trump clearly incited this violence. He clearly was the instigator uh, in his tweets for, for, for weeks between the election results becoming final uh, that Saturday after the, the election to now he's been, he's been tweeting about the sixth come to DC. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. And then his comments that morning, clearly where he said, we are going to march to the Capitol and make them listen to us. Um, you know, it, it has to, you know, I, I would think that in, you know, it would be a dereliction of her duty to not bring up some sort of article of impeachment because uh, it's so very it's it's the evidence is out in 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 the open. There's no deep throat here. It is it is why it is out there for all to see. And it's whether or not you as an American feel that that was OK or not. And uh, if you think that, that what he did was okay, then you're not okay with me. That, that, that's it, plain and simple. Well, and you know, and how about uh, the conversation that Ben Sass talked about on, on the media outlets yesterday that during those riots, mm -hmm. as it was happening, mm -hmm. he talked to the president. Yeah, yeah. And that Trump was delighted and happy about what was going on. That yeah. was Trump's mindset was he yeah. knew exactly what was going to fucking happen. Yeah. And not, not only was he delighted and happy and reveling in the anarchy, he was still, he was still lobbying senators to object to the election results. Right. And then funny that they're going to fight, you know, they raised since, since yep. Wednesday, it's been re uh, reported that he has raised another thirty-five million dollars. I am sure total I'm up sure. to two hundred fifty million since oh the God. election. I mean, it's just fucking mm. crazy. Yeah, and uh, you know, it just it, it's he he also, you know, remember, you know, Mike Pence has been about as loyal of a lieutenant as you could possibly be. Period let alone the fact that Trump 
has been Trump and he's had to put up with all of that. Uh, Donald Trump didn't even bother to check in on, on Mike Pence because he was so furious at him for not trying to swing the election that he did not care that his own supporters were saying that they were going to hunt down Mike Pence and hang him on the Capitol steps. Right. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, one, uh, good thing that's come of all of this, and I do hope that it actually occurs, is that the New York State Bar Association has released a statement saying that they are undertaking a historic investigation to potentially remove one Rudolph Giuliani from the New York State Bar. Nice. So I do hope that that happens. I think that Mr. Giuliani has officially, uh, when you when you call by a trial by combat against members of the United States Congress, I think that your your time is up. Your time is right. up, Rudy. It's it's time for you to disappear to wherever, whatever hole you want to disappear into and uh, drink yourself away because my God, the damage you've done to this country, um, you have undone all, all of the goodwill will and love for this man that, that happened after 9-11 and as he helped rebuild New York City, uh, that is gone. That is way in the rearview mirror. This is not that man anymore, and it's time for his 15 minutes, uh, at least this, this version of his 15 minutes, to be over and for him to go away. So I don't care if you want to call it cancel culture or not, Rudy Giuliani, you're canceled. Right, right. <laughs> and as a result, right, uh, the PGA is moving away from Trump properties. And it yeah. was also announced uh, this morning that several tech and Fortune 500 companies are are pausing any and all uh, donations yeah. Yeah. to, you know, to the GOP, but also the Democrats, uh, you know, until they understand what the moves are for prosecution and and you know everything else so you know everybody's wondering what trump's going to do post presidency obviously mm -hmm. there are a ton of lawsuits personal and and with, against his businesses that are mm -hmm. are going to be awaiting him including 21 women uh for sexual uh, assault and then on his businesses, you've got you've got uh, you know New York locked and loaded and and coming with a slew of shit their way, so it's definitely going to be interesting. And then obviously with the article of impeachment, you know who you know if it if if both you know the House and the Senate agree, you know it might be tougher on the Senate side, but we'll see. You know yeah. if if it holds true, you know with both. Uh, chambers, then Trump will not be able to run for re-election in 2024. Yeah, that is that is the the important thing to remember. You know, let alone all of the other you know financial benefits that come to being a former president that he'd be stripped of. Most importantly, it takes away his ability to dangle this possible run for president in 2024, because all that's going to do is continue to enable him to amass large amounts of money that he basically, you know, you know, can build this war chest to back, if not himself, whatever crazy right wing conspiracy theorist, you know, candidate that he wants to back in the future. Right. 
So, hey, real quick on that PGA thing. Um, yeah, so the 2022 PGA Championship was supposed to be at Bedminster in Jersey, and the PGA came out and said that they're they're pulling it. Of course, uh, Bedminster is saying, the Trump Organization is saying that they have a binding contract and they have no right to terminate the agreement. And so they would obviously be pursuing le legal, uh, re legal remedies. And the PGA basically said, bring it on. I think people and companies, you know, are, are so sick and tired of, you know, when, you know, when, when Trump first took office there, you know, his threat of legal action, getting this mm -hmm. attorney group or, you know, this firm or that firm on it. And, and, you know, they, they will file 50 lawsuits knowing two, stand a chance in court right you know right. I, and i think everybody's over that they understand it's a big ruse very mm -hmm. very few mm -hmm. i mean since taken office have done anything uh, for trump and you know pga has joined that list and saying okay bring it on we're not afraid yeah exactly you can uh Bring all the lawsuits that you want, waste all the money that you want. Uh, we are unafraid because we feel confident in our decision. And they've got smart lawyers on their side too. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do this unless they knew that uh, th there was an out for them. So right. yeah, uh, right. there it is. So would you like some, uh, would you like some good news, Bobby? Yes. Yes. You got <laughs> Let's end on a high note. How about that? All right. So down in, uh, in further evidence that Georgia is just a beautiful shade of blue these days, the newly elected district attorney of the of athens clark Ossany County, which is where uh, the University of Georgia is down there in Georgia, she has announced that among other measures, they will immediately stop prosecuting for possession of small amounts of marijuana. Uh, she also has said that she will divert all low-level drug possession cases uh, to community court, basically to be, it, it's more of a, uh, you know, where they can get, you know, if, rehab or whatnot, if that's where they need to go, but it won't be criminalized any longer. She will not seek the death penalty on any case for any reason. And her most uh, audacious, uh, you know, forward thinking uh, uh, policy that she's immediately reacting or uh, enacting is basically completely uh, undoing the probation uh, system for her county. And so for those of you that don't know what probation is, is once you've served uh, your time behind bars, uh, or perhaps you get probation instead of being sent behind bars, you are out and you are free, but you have a conviction on your record and your probation, you often have to check in uh, with an officer on a monthly basis. Uh, the probation officers can come check in on you at your place of uh, domicile at any time. Uh, it can really hamstring you in terms of uh, getting any kind of loan, getting uh, accepted into school. If you lost your children due to your case, uh, being able to get your, uh, your children back. And then also 
uh, there is a large financial burden that comes along with probation. And so therefore those of lesser means are adversely affected because right. they cannot afford to pay the fines. Oftentimes probation comes along with classes like either alcohol abuse class or our uh, anger management class. And those classes cost money. And if you don't have the money to take that class, that's a violation. And that violation can land you back in jail. And so basically it turns into a backdoor into reincarcerating mostly people of color and people without means because uh, rich people or people of means are never adversely affected by these kind of things because they have the kind of money uh, to to take care of it or they had the kind of money in the first place to have a great attorney so they wouldn't wind up in this position. So she in uh, Atlanta, or excuse me, not Atlanta, Georgia, uh, on average has the longest length of probation in the country of all 50 states, uh, usually uh, with an average of anywhere up to eight to 10 years that people have to remain on probation. Wow. She is saying that she moving forward, she will not assign a probation length longer than two years. So Whoa. yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great progressive movement in the right direction. And another way for people who have been adversely affected by the quote unquote war on drugs, or just simply because they were, um, you know, they didn't have the means to pay for this class or that. It's a chance for them to basically get out uh, of the darkness and get back into legal society. So big high note there. Good on you. Oh, I suppose I'm sorry. I should let you know her name. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Deborah Gonzalez, District Attorney Deborah Gonzalez of Athens, Clark, Austinny counties in Georgia. You've been listening to Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. Politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, real and raw. Real and raw. Finally, a podcast with real talk and no bullshit. We hope you enjoyed the show, but if we pissed you off, that's okay too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Bobby and Luke. On Instagram at Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. And on LinkedIn at unfiltered-with-bobby-and-luke. How many dashes do we need there, fellas? My God. Anyway, make sure to like, rate, and review. And of course, leave a comment. And check out the website at bobbyandluke.com. This is Unfiltered, signing off.